Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, Father, for lifting me up. Thank you 
Father, for grace. Thank you, Father God, for granting mercies. Thank you, Father God, for your love. Thank you, Father God, for your strength. Thank you, Father God, for your power. Thank you, Father God, for your protection. Thank you, Father God, for your wisdom. Thank you, Father God, for your love. My God, I thank you. Hey, Kimberly Arnold. Hey, Juanita Jackson. Hey, Kim Berry. Shamika Walker, I love you. Thank you, 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 thank you. My strength, strength like no other. Come on, y'all. Praise him. Strength like no other. My God reaches to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being so gracious. Thank you for being so kind. Thank you for being so loving. Thank you for being so consistent. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being God. 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 Thank you for being the King of glory. Thank you for being the great I am. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Father God, for being Jehovah Gabor, who goes to war for me. I don't have to fight for myself because he fights for me. He fights for me. So, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you for fighting for me. As a matter of fact, the scripture, scripture says, Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Recompense no evil for evil. That was one of the very first scriptures that I learned besides Psalms 23. In the Bible, I was in high school in a debate. And I, um, I have a theater and drama background. And our teacher had given us um, a debate. We were debating the death penalty. And, one of, and I was supposed to be against the death penalty. And one of the first scriptures that I meditated on was because um, my faith, even in high school, was intact, was recompense no evil for evil. Repay no evil for evil. My God, if we would just live by that, repay no evil. My God, no evil for evil. My God, that means no get back, no snap back, no clap back. None of the things that we do and we say, repay no evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. My God. God. And so when we say he is Jehovah Gabor, he is the God that goes to war for us, then we let him war for us. We let him fight for us. We allow him to deal with our enemies. We allow him. As a matter of fact, Psalms 37 says, fret not thyself unto evildoers, neither be envious of those workers of iniquities. For the, another scripture that I learned, for they shall be soon shut, cut down like blades of grass, like blades of grass. So then why would I spend any time on an enemy? Why would I spend any time on a hater? Why would I give energy to anyone or anything when I know God goes to war for me, why would I do it? Why would I allow my temperature to rise? I can I say this? Can I just share this? I, I used to, I used to want to fight everything. I used to want to fight everything. I still don't like a bully. I don't like anyone to bully anybody. That's it, Andrea. God contends with those who contend with me. As a matter of fact, I pray that often when I feel like somebody trying to get at me on the cool or somebody, I Lord, you could contend with those who contend with me you contend with those who contend with me i'm not getting ready to fight against because it's really remember skip over to if we wrestle not against fresh flesh and blood we're wrestling against principalities come on holy spirit and how do we deal with a principality you don't deal with a principality in your flesh that just 
That's how a principality is. A principality is very fleshly. So you don't deal with a principality in your flesh. You deal with a principality through the word of God. My God, through the word of God. So when he is Jehovah Gabor, when he is the one or the God, my God, that contends with me, that contends or fights for me or contends, I don't have to do anything but sit back and allow God to be God to deal with the circumstance or the situation. And that's why you it's, it's very difficult to see me pull into strife. That's why it's very difficult to see me get into an argument. I will okay you and walk away from the situation. Oh, okay. That's that's my that's my favorite line. Okay, okay, that's fine. I'm not gonna keep coming back and forth. I said what I said. I meant what I said. If you disagree with what I said, that's fine. Okay, I'm not getting ready to go write a Facebook page status about you. I'm not getting ready to try to public shame you. Cause as a matter of fact, the scripture tells me if I got a problem with you, I'm supposed to bring it to you personally. I'm not gonna do anything. Okay. Because he contends with those who contend with me. He contends He contends with those who contend with me. I don't have to do anything but submit myself in prayer. Recognize that I'm dealing with a principality. My God, Father God, thank you. Recognize I'm dealing with a principality. Because remember, we, re- we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities. Rec- when I'm outside my flesh, when I'm walking in the spirit, it's so easy for me to recognize that I'm dealing with a principality. See, the spirit is sensitive to spiritual things. My God, preach Holy Spirit. The Spirit is sensitive to spiritual things. So when the enemy is coming in like a flood, right? I'm going to lift the word up. That's going to be the standard. My spirit is sensitive to spiritual things. My flesh wants to be fleshly. My spirit, man, says you don't have time to waste energy and time on what someone is saying or what someone is doing. You don't walk according to the flesh. You walk according to the spirit. Romans 8 and 6 says, now the mind of the flesh is death. We travel into, <laughs> we, we hopping through this thing, my God, Father God. Now the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever, because it pursues sin. Come on, y'all. We can ready. We gonna walk in righteousness. We gonna walk. We can ready walk in some righteousness. We can ready to live in righteous. Righteous is as righteous does. My God, righteousness does a body good. My God, I can back all this description. We can ready walk in. It says now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. So anytime I respond to you in the flesh. I'm pursuing sin. I'm about to fall in the trap of the enemy because I'm about to be in the pursuit of sin because my flesh is getting ready to lead me to anger. And if my flesh, if my flesh, it's not, it's not a sin to get angry. It's not a sin to get angry. But my response after the anger is what determines everything next. What determines everything next? So if the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, this is what the word says, it's not me, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. When you walk with God both now and forever, you walk in an insurmountable 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 peace you walk you experience the peace so if you're not can i can i say the holy spirit so can i tell you something if you're not in a consistent state of peace there's something turbulent in your righteousness jesus holy spirit teach this thing if you're not in an insurmountable peace If you are tossed to and fro, if when the waves and the winds come in and different things happen and your resolve is not peace and to trust God, then there's something off kilter in your righteousness. My God, there's something off centered in your righteousness. You don't really understand who you are in Christ Jesus, because if you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, you're going to respond to things. My God, you're going to respond to things differently. 
So the mind of the flesh with this simple pursuits. Can I just give y'all a little bit more of this? The mind, because I got to share something with you today. The mind, the yes, Andrea, it absolutely does. If people don't want to reconcile with you, you better shake the dust off. Do your little shimmy. Do your little shimmy. Do your little shimmy and keep rolling. If people don't want to reconcile with you, shimmy and roll. Shimmy and roll. <laughs> shimmy and roll. Shimmy and walk off and keep moving because you did what you could to reconcile. My God. And then anything outside of that is just the enemy trying to torment you so that you won't receive the peace that passes all understanding. It says the mind of the flesh with this sinful pursuit is actively hostile towards God. Your mind of the flesh is actively, I'm in Romans 8, this the seventh verse, the mind of the flesh is actively hostile towards God. The mind of the flesh is actively hostile towards people. The mind of the flesh is going to be hostile. The mind of the flesh is going to be irritated. The mind of the flesh is going to look different than the mind of the spirit. My God, don't, don't, don't count this out, right? Because we're still on our path. We're still going to learn how to pray tenaciously. We're still going to learn how to pray faithfully. But if you don't understand how your righteousness is tied to your prayer life, if you don't understand how your righteousness is tied into your prayer life, you won't pray prayers that avail much. My God, if you don't understand how your righteousness and your prayer life go hand in hand, you won't pray prayers that, that avail much. You won't submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, right? Because can I tell you something? I was listening to something yesterday by Miles Monroe. Um, and here, well, here's the thing, that, the thing we need to understand um, about a grace-based grace faith. There is a grace. We are to receive all of this by grace. You cannot work for this. But there are kingdom principles and laws. And the kingdom principles and laws still should be governing our lives. So the mind of the flesh, come on, Holy Spirit, with this sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law, kingdom principles, since it cannot. The mind of the flesh will not, cannot, will not, cannot, will not, cannot, will not, and cannot submit itself to God's laws, to God's kingdom principles. They do not make sense to him. Skip over to 1 Corinthians, my God. First, skip over to 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. I'm going to read it to you in the ESV version. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish or folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I have to be able to discern this by the Spirit not by the flesh. This is not going to, my flesh cannot respond to this. So there again, let's go back. If I am waiting on my flesh to fill it, woo, my, 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 if I'm waiting on my flesh to fill it, I might miss this, right? Because if I'm waiting on my flesh to fill it, it means I'm but I'm hoping that I'm going the emotional. Let's use forgiveness, right? Let's use forgiveness. If I'm waiting on my flesh to feel the forgiveness, then I'll never really walk in forgiveness because forgiveness is a spiritual thing. Come on, Holy Spirit. My God, I didn't even welcome. Welcome y'all to Coffee and Conversations. My name is Lakeisha M. Johnson, a.k.a. J. We are so happy to hear you. Oh my God, I didn't even properly welcome y'all today. And so if I'm, so, so forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is a spiritual thing. Forgiveness is not a flesh thing, right? And so if I'm waiting to feel forgiveness, I won't walk in forgiveness. Oh, 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 oh. If I'm waiting to forgive, feel forgiveness. It's not, it's not, it's not a flesh. Forgiveness is not by the flesh, right? Forgiveness is by the spirit. Spirit. Forgiveness is a commandment. Forgiveness is really not an option. He tells us to do this, right? So when we do not walk in forgiveness, when we walk in um, unforgiveness, 
and we hold a grudge, right? Um, when we try to demand apology out of someone, um, when we try to get to see someone out and say, it's not going to work, right? Because forgiveness is spiritual. Forgiveness is not fleshly, right? So your body is not going, that is, can I tell you something? Can I be honest with you? That is why we quote those silly little things. I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't going to forget. When the word has already told us, recompense no evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. Like, that's why we quote all those things. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm still going to act ugly towards you. Well, if I have forgiven you, then I also restore you. Now, that does not mean there are not certain people that we don't have boundaries in place. But proper boundaries in God looks a little bit different. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, this is why I'm telling you it's spiritual. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and should I forgive him? And the Lord says as many as, and then Peter says as many as seven times. And Peter was really, <laughs> Peter was really being rhetorical. I think Peter knew he was setting himself up for something different. He says, Jesus said to him, I don't say seven times, but seven times 70. And that's in a day. That's not over your lifespan. Seven times 70 in a day, right? Seven times 70 in a day. So I'm supposed to forgive. Second Corinthians 2, 5 and 8. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely to all of you. For at such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow so i beg you to reaffirm your love for them that's paul talking to the church of corinth right right colossians 3 and 13 bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against one another forgiving each other as the lord forgiven you so you must also forgive you know so much also forgive first corinthians 13 4 and 6 love is patient it's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It does not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices in truth. So there again, it's a, forgiveness is a spiritual thing. Forgiveness is a spiritual thing. So if I'm waiting on me to walk in uh, feelings, if I'm waiting on feelings to be associated, I'm telling you, go back to the seventh verse. It says the mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it can't. Come on, y'all. Since it can't. So unforgiveness has us make up all those little. My camera is acting crazy. Unforgiveness makes us make up all those little things that we put in place justifying our unforgiveness. Forgiveness is spiritual. These are spirit. These are spiritual things. These are spiritual things. This is how we live spiritually. And it says those who are in the flesh, living a life, catering to sinful appetites and impulses. We're just using unforgive forgiveness as an example. My flesh is going to cater to unforgiveness because that's how the flesh acts. My flesh will always justify me not forgiving someone always 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 so if i am waiting on me to feel like i'm forgiving if i'm waiting to feel like i forgive you i will miss the opportunity to walk in what i'm supposed to walk to which are spiritual things remember scripture we learned yesterday if we are going to be sons and daughters of God, then we live by the spirit and not the flesh. Right. Let me give you one more scripture. I don't know how we got here, but we are Romans eight and seven. As they continue to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to cast to throw a stone at her. Right. They were ready to stone this woman. They were ready to stone her as they were ready to stone her, throw a stone at her. He said, if there's any of you amongst you, <laughs> and I must say this to us this morning. If there's anything, any of us amongst us who is without sin, oh, go on and put down your stone. My God, go on and put down, go on and put, go on and put your stone, go on and put your stone, go on and put your stone down, go on and put your stone, go on and put your, here, go on and put your, let me put my stones down, let me put my stones down. And when he turned around, 
They had all walked away. And I, 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 they had all walked away. They had all walked away. They had all walked away because none of them were without sin. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, go be reconciled to your brother and then come back to your gift. Hebrews 12 and 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Right? Right? Let me go this. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is looking to see that you walk in unforgiveness. He is looking to see if you have received this as a spiritual truth. And then what he's going to do is he's going to begin to devour your relationships. He's going to begin to devour your time. He's going to begin to devour your peace. going to hinder your prayers. Unforgiveness hinders your prayers, right? Because if I'm walking in unforgiveness, then I'm not standing in righteousness. Come on now. I'm not saying right. He says, however, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, right? But in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, if the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and is not a child of God. If Christ lives in you through your natural, then your natural body is dead because of sin. Your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides to you. And if the spirit, him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So when the spirit comes, I live, baby. Oh my God. Can I, when I, when the spirit comes, I live, I live. I'm not attached to these dead things like unforgiveness. I'm not attached to these dead things like worry. I'm not attached to these dead things like contentions. I'm not attached. I'm I'm not attached to these dead things like strife. I'm not attached to these dead things like gossip. I'm not attached to these dead things. I'm not letting my heart. When the spirit, because this is what it says, it says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. So who lives in you? My God. It says, so then brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. You got an obligation, not to our flesh, not to our human nature, not to our worldliness, not to our sinful capacity. You have an obligation, right? Not to, to live according, right? Not to the impulse. Plus, we have an obligation. We are obligated to live according to the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. Can I speak this to you metaphorically? Can I speak to you metaphorically? Can I speak this to you in such a way so that you understand this? When you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. And then guess what's going to happen? You really going to live forever. So when I live by the spirit in my marriage. Oh baby, my marriage is going to begin to experience heaven on earth. When I live by the spirit in my purpose, I'm going to experience heaven invades earth. Heaven invades earth. Yo, have, you're supposed to be experiencing heaven here on earth he life more abundantly just isn't on the other side so when i'm not experiencing kingdom in my life that kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven if i'm not experiencing something i interviewed a woman one time and she said well, it was so funny she was talking about her physical body and i loved how she said this she said when she was diagnosed with cancer, she said, I noticed that something was off in my kingdom. 
She said, I noticed there was something off in my kingdom. I noticed there was something off in my kingdom. My kingdom, my body, my earth suit was not aligning with heaven. My my earth suit was not aligning with the word of God, right? So if I'm living according to the flesh, um, you're going to die. Fleshly living brings death to anything. Go back. First Peter. Go back, go back, go back. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Looking for your fleshly behaviors. Looking for your strife. Looking for your contentions. Looking for the fact that you do not understand your righteousness. Looking for you to work towards it. He is looking for those things, right? Right? So he says... You are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of your body when you live by the spirit and then you're going to live forever. And then everything that attaches to you is going to live forever. My God, it's going to live forever. Like it's going to live forever. So in my house, in my house, in my house, anytime somebody is off, anytime Somebody has, I'm very, my gift, I have a gift of discernment. It's different than discernment. I have the gift to discern evil, crazy, strange things. Anytime something is off in my house, I can usually tell. And it almost becomes like a scent. Something is off in the kingdom. Righteousness, something impure is in here. Why? Because I'm sensitive enough in the spirit to tell. And this is how I start. Like I'm acting out. That's how I start acting in my house. <laughs> Something is off in my kingdom. Some ain't right in my kingdom. Some ain't right in my house. Same ain't right when I, amongst my crew, my, my crew, mine, those that I'm responsible for, those that I love, those that I walk in sisterhood. Some off in our kingdom. Some ain't right. Somebody off center in the kingdom. Why? Because the spirit can tell when something is off centered in the kingdom my god the 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 flesh the flesh the flesh will ignore it me too that the flesh will ignore it um the the flesh will justify it the flesh will make excuses for it the flesh will act like nothing's wrong with it no but the spirit says there's something wrong in the kingdom there's something dying in the kingdom there's death somewhere in the kingdom. Something is not alive and active. Something is not moving according to schedule. Something is not moving. Can I tell you something? I was watching a man of God yesterday. My, my, I was watching a man of God yesterday. And um, I, um, he was saying, if, you, like, if you've been doing everything that you're supposed to, then Things have to manifest. And I'm going to give you this in scripture because the scripture has been on me the last couple of days and then we're going to get out of here. Right. And so I can begin to tell like something is out of alignment in my kingdom. Well, what it is, is something is out of alignment in the spirit. Right. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the spirit of God are the sons of the God. For if you have not received a spirit of slavery. Right. So, the, yeah, the, the peace is off. Something is something is start, like something is stirred up in the spirit. So. Right. Because there is a reward for those that diligently seek him. I'm not saying they're not strongholds. I'm not saying that the devil isn't busy. I'm not saying those things. But when we walk by the spirit, right, when we walk by the spirit and not according to the flesh, right, things, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow when we are attached in the spirit when we're not in the flesh that's i, I that's why i want to know <laughs> I, I, that's why everybody keeps saying why aren't you married yet because the man of god that i have to be attached to we will be attached in the spirit not in the flesh he is not looking for my flesh he is not looking for my flesh he is not looking for my flesh i'm not 
He's not looking for my flesh. I'm not looking for his flesh. You got to be attached in your marriage in the spirit. You got to be attached in parenting in the spirit. Like it's a spiritual thing. It's it's a like it's a spiritual. It's a spiritual thing, right? It's a spiritual thing. So because anytime something is attached in the spirit, it's living. It is going to grow. Healthy things grow. Living things activate by the spirit grow living healthy relationships grow that is why it's much more important for me to be attached to you spiritually than it is for me to be attached to you in the flesh because if I'm attached to you in the spirit I know our relationship will develop and grow the way that it's supposed to grow why because there is life in the spirit not life in the flesh, my God, healthy things go. Anything that is attached in the flesh is going to die. Anything that's attached in the spirit is going to live. This is a kingdom law. This is a kingdom principle. So I want to give you something. I want to share this. I don't know why I need to go here. I do know because the Holy Spirit told, told me. I don't know. I, I don't know who this is for, but I truly believe that this is for someone. This scripture has been stewing in my spirit the last few days. And I need to talk to you today. I need to transition a little bit. Remember, we're living a life by the spirit. Remember, if you've never been attached to this devotional, we practically learn how to apply the word of God. God teaches us through practical experiences how to take the word of God and apply it to our circumstance our situation a lot that's what a life that's what the life of a spirit looks like right this is not spooky spiritual this not voodoo this not nothing crazy right it's like, so this is the scripture the lord has been giving me for like it just keeps i just keep hearing that just keep hearing it's isaiah 1 and 19 and it says if you are willing and obedient you're gonna eat the best of the land right but the 20th verse says but if you risk resist resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. And then the next part of that verse says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. <laughs> so if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land, right? <laughs> um, but if you are re resist and rebel, you will be devoured. So, for the, so I need you to hold on tight. I need to give you something today. I need to give you a small part of my testimony. And then I need to give you something today. I need to give you this today. Um, and I think it's going to help somebody out. And I'm going to write this on my f personal Facebook page too, because I really want to share this this morning. I was stewing over this this morning. If you're willing to obey. So, whew, let me give you this. So, um, there's, there's a scripture that God gave to me years ago, Matthew four and four, but it is stated, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. A couple of years ago, the Lord started dealing with me about getting out of debt. Can I just give you this this morning? Hopefully this brings freedom to whoever this word is for. Um, just because you're a single mom, just because you have a low income, just because of whatever. God, brother, God, God, God has been dealing with me about getting out of debt. And the scripture that he backed it up with was the first scripture that I gave you, Matthew 4 and 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but shall live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. So then I had to go and discover what the word said about debt. I got about five more minutes to give you this. What the, I need you to hang in. What does the word, and I believe in supernatural debt, debt cancellation. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it. What does the word say about debt, right? Because I wanted my kingdom in alignment with the word of God. I want my total life in alignment with the word of God. Often we operate in systems that have absolutely nothing to do with kingdom because we think that this is the only thing that can happen. We think that this is the only way we can live. And remember, God deals with us according to our measure of faith. God responds to us according to where our faith is. So, for instance, can I say the Holy Spirit? If you believe him for a car note, he going to produce a car note for you. Might not be best for you, but he'll produce what you believe him for. He'll produce what you'll trust him for. I'm just going to be honest. So, 
my, I did not want the pressure that came with debt. I did not want the pressure that came with being in debt. I made up in my mind that if my life was going to align with kingdom, that I was also going to have to deal with the debt. Go back to the scripture I gave you. One, um, I, um, Isaiah 1 and 19. If you are willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. You're going to eat the good of the land. So the Lord started talking to me about that. So he backs it up in scripture. Remember Matthew 4 and 4. I'm not going to live by bread alone. I'm going to live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Every word of me. So what was the word saying to me about debt? This was my own personal conviction. Proverbs 22 and 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. <laughs> the borrower is a slave to the lender. I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be enslaved to absolutely anyone. This is how you take the word of God and apply it to your life. Romans 13 and 8. Oh, no man, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Romans 13 and 7. Pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed. Psalms 37 and 21. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and give. There are two things that have always been significant in my life. I'm going to pay my tithes. Tithes is not the law. Tithes is kingdom. I'm going to pay my tithes and I'm going to sow my seed. I've been sowing seed. God reminded me I've been sowing seed for almost 17 years. Right? Right? So, first verse, first, if you're willing and obedient, then you're going to eat the good of the land. Right? Right? <laughs> Proverbs 22, 26, and 27, but not one of you who gives pledges, who put up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken away from under you, right? But we know, we know without a doubt that our beds, we will lose things when we cannot afford to pay them. So I made, I, I, have, been, I have been in a cycle of debt. I would get out of debt and then I would find myself back in debt. And what I found out was I was not putting my strength and my trust in the Lord. I was putting my strength and trust. Matthew 6 and 24. No one can serve two masters. My uncle taught this not too long ago. No one can serve two systems. No one can serve two kingdoms. That's another way for it. Um, for either he's going to hate one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. You cannot serve money. Go back to what we learned in Romans, right? Go back to our scripture. Now, the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever, because it pursues sin. Now, that is not a sin. That is not a sin. I need to say this. That is not a sin. That, that, is, not, that is not a sin. But there is some grief that comes associated with death when you don't have a kingdom biblical mindset of finances. Most of us, nobody ever taught us how to figure out how God, we just thought tithing and sowing seed was it. And God was like, no, there is a whole way that you need to manage your money. There is a whole way. And I do not want you wrapped up in debt. So two years ago, I made a decision to consolidate my debt so that I could get my debt paid off. I didn't do away with my debt. I made a decision to pay my debt. You have to begin to pray and ask the Lord, how do you want me to deal with this debt that I have? And whatever strategy he gives you, you work within that. So I made a decision to consolidate my debt into one payment so that I could get a handle over my debt. And then I begin to renew my mind in the word so that I could become strong in this because I wanted to break cycles. Now I'm going to tell you something. This has not been easy. This has not been easy. One of the things I've had to often practice is delayed gratification. At the end of last year, my hope and my goal was to buy us a house. But when I started thinking about the house buying process from this world's system, I became grieved. I became grieved. So I made a decision to humble myself and wait on instruction. See, pride will make you go do what God is telling you not to do. Like when you know God is like, don't get in no more debt, right? This is my way he talked to me about. Don't get in no more debt. Don't be a slave. Pride will make you think I deserve it. Pride, which is another example of not being submitted to God. Pride will make you think I deserve it, right? Pride will make you think I've got to have it. Pride will make you move 
um, outside the will of God, outside the plan of God. So I had to make a decision to humble myself. I had to make a decision to live by my budget. I had to make a decision to eat out of every word coming out of God's mouth and not count my things, things, I, not, not my pay, not paychecks, not those things. I had to learn and really understand God is provider and that I needed my money to honor God. In. So in learning the kingdom system, oh no man, anything but to love them. So I need a new car. I do. I, I need a new car. We, Josiah, his hair, he is crunched in the top of my car. He needs a truck. I'm just being honest. I, he is crunched. But I made a decision that I would steward my car, take care of my car, right? And trust God to give me the resources to pay cash for what I need, to pay cash for what I need. Can I tell you something? It takes time. It means you have to experience delayed gratification. You may be okay with believing God for a car nut. No, there's nothing wrong with that. My faith is in the word that comes out of God's mouth. Oh, no man, anything but to love him. For one who loves another has fulfilled the law. I do not want to live according to my flesh. I want to live according to the spirit. Because if I live according to the spirit, let's go back to Isaiah. 1 and 19, if you are willing and obey me, you are going to eat the good of the land. Oh, my God. See how God wrapped all that up. If you are willing and obey me, you're going to eat the good of the land. So in practicing delayed gratification, I'm listening to the strategies of the Holy Spirit for my finances so that I can be out of debt, so I can purchase my car cash, so I can purchase Josiah's car cash, um, so I can build my house the way that he tells me to build my house. What if that means I'm renting for the next 10 or 11, 12 years? How about it does not matter if I'm obeying and honoring him because at the end of the day, I'm going to eat the good of the land. Don't matter how long it takes. Don't matter. How, don't, don't matter. How, don't matter how long it takes. Don't matter how long it takes because the end of the day, what I'm positioning myself is to honor and obey God so that I can eat the good of the land because that's the promise that's the promise of it right 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 that's the promise that's his promise to us so just ask the lord to help you to see things the way that he talks about finances in a kingdom kind of way in a kingdom kind of way in a kingdom kind of way right in a kingdom kind of way if you are willing and obedient you're going to eat the good of the land that's what the scripture says and then he says thus said the lord if you're not willing and obedient then you're going to die by the sword so if the lord says oh no man anything but to love him then our focus if we're not going to be moved by bread alone but we're going to move uh by every word that proceeds out of god's mouth for me then I'm not going to be in debt according to this world standard. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to eat the good. This is my faith. This is where I am. This is what I believe. I don't believe God wants me to be in debt. That's not his will for my life. He wants me to live according to a kingdom system. Because until you, can I say this Holy Spirit? Until you own all papers on it. Until you have papers on it. It does not belong to you until you have papers on it. It does not belong to you until you outright own it. It does not belong to you. And that's what a financial faith looks like for kingdom. All right. That's it. My God, that's something good to meditate on. That's something good to chew on. That's something good to to figure out. So if you're in debt, it's not a sin, but you still kind of want to say, Lord, forgive me for not seeking you in my finances. And this is not for you to go be overworked. This is not for you to be overworked. This is not for you to go get 30 jobs to figure out how to get out of debt. You ask God for the plan to get out of debt. You might need to do delayed gratification. You might need to sell some things off. My God, 
You may need to position yourself, but you need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. Ah. God, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. And we're not, we are not going to live on bread alone. My God, we're going to live on every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Is that not good? My God, it's not, is that not good? Is that not good? So Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the gentleness of your word. We thank you for being a good teacher, Holy Spirit. My God, we thank you, Father God, for kingdom principles and kingdom fire finances and understanding you through the word. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy and we thank you for your love. Now we cancel every assignment that tries to come against this word, Lord God. And we thank you, Father God, that your word, that your word will live and be active. My God, active in our lives and active in our souls. My God, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, this was so good. This was so powerful. So a few things. One, um, we are almost out of registration for the workshops. If you have not registered for the workshop Sunday, it is almost over with. We might have four or five. So go ahead and get registered. It's free. It's no gimmick. I'm just going to be showing, sharing with you how to find God's vision for your life. Two, if God places it on your heart, if he places it on your heart, please, 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 please go and partner with the ministry. Go do whatever he says. Go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Sow a seed there. Dollar sign LMJ ministry is the cash app. And when I say please, 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 I'm not begging for you. I'm talking about please obey God and what he says. Please, in this season, obey and do everything that God is saying to you. That's my other thing. Second, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, make this your moment to accept him as Lord and Savior. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus. I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best as I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you said that prayer, send us an email, info at justbeinglmj.com. We would love to send you some materials so that we can continue to disciple to you, disciple you. Now let me pray over you. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your peace. We receive your very best for us. We receive your instructions. We receive your grace. We receive your love. We receive your mercy. We receive your word. My God, we drive out every force of darkness that has tried to stand in between us and your word. We receive your truth today, Father God. Open the eyes of our understanding to the hope of who you've called us to be in Christ Jesus. Give us ears to hear. Make us the tongue of the learned. Holy Spirit, do a greater work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, we have Feed Free the Streets. It's Saturday. If you've never been a part of Feed the Streets and you want to be a part, please join us. Send us an email, Shonda at JustBeingLMJ.com. Let me speak the priestly blessing over you. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and he be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And give you peace in Jesus' name, amen. I will see you, my God, back here in the morning. Back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Back here in the morning at 5 a.m. I'll see you at 5 a.m. I love you. God loves you. Go in peace today. Love, peace, and blessing. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.